0: My heart. My heart. My heart. Welcome on Dra episode three of the mid-major NCAA basketball podcast. I'm Chris McKee, your host. Here to wrap up another great week of basketball week one. Of the 2021 ncaa season and some of the big stories from the weekend richmond spiders knocking off kentucky 76-64 at rupp arena i mean the atmosphere not what it usually is at rupp but richmond went in there and gave them a pretty swift ass whooping so that was pretty cool to see san francisco upsets number four virginia That was a great story. Todd Golden, the 35-year-old head coach, we'll talk a little bit about him throughout the pod today. St. Louis beating LSU was cool on Saturday. Uh, Iona's first game last night, they got waxed by Seton Hall. We'll touch a little bit about that. Also in today's pod, we're going to talk Mercer Bears basketball. Greg Gary, their head coach, is doing some great things down there in Macon, Georgia. They're 3-0 early in the season with wins over Georgia State, Georgia Tech, and uh, I had the chance to speak with Greg Gary over the summer, so we're going to play uh, some of the audio from my conversation with Greg. Also, talk. I went down to Macon, Georgia earlier in 2020, back in January. Talk a little bit about my trip down there. The AP 25 uh, poll out again this week. Only two mid majors in, in the AP 25 so far. Gonzaga, number one, obviously, and we'll talk a little bit about Gonzaga as we have the past couple weeks. When you have the number one team in the country, that is a mid-major. We're definitely going to talk about it on the Mid-Major Podcast. So the other team, Richmond, ranked 19 in the AP poll. This is their highest ranking since 1957, and it's their first ranking since 2010 so that's a, that's a pretty cool story to follow throughout the season. I remember, you know, when the NBA draft was supposed to be back at its original day in, like, June, I put out an article about some guys that weren't going to be drafted, you know, on our website, undraftedfreeagent.com, and the people from Richmond, their official Twitter account, the guy went at me, Oh, you know what you're talking about. There's three other guys declared. And I said, none of these guys are going to get drafted. is just a bad marketing ploy for Richmond to get their name in the press. And sure enough, they all... You know, withdrew weeks later and are back at Richmond. But loaded team. Got to give them some credit. Uh, they looked really good against Kentucky. Um, so shout out to my guy Nathan Kao from Montreal. 18 points in the win. Blake Francis also had 18. And then Jacob Gilliard is one of the guys that declared. He's a little 5'8", 5'9". Guard, he had six assists, but he was such a buzzsaw. He was giving the Kentucky guys a nightmare. You know, think about all these, you know, four or five-star recruits that Calipari rolls out every year and, you know, now their one of their first games of the year, it was the first game of the year, they gotta play a bunch of men, a bunch of 22, 23-year-old guys, and they just didn't match their intensity. Gilliard, you could just see the frustration he he was giving some of these five-star kids, these McDonald's McDonald All-American guys. So that was a pretty cool story, and we'll definitely follow Richmond throughout the year. Other stuff I want to touch on today, some of the players that impressed Charles Bassey, Western Kentucky, excuse me, and Jalen Suggs out of this world, some of the scheduling. Uh, issues that are going on so um, pretty challenging if you're in the business of scheduling uh, basketball games the cancellation we'll touch a little bit about that and uh, some of the other stories affecting mid-major hoops so last night Little Rock beat Duquesne 76-66 on Monday night so we're recording this Tuesday afternoon Myona mentioned got waxed in their opening game against Seton Hall So shout out to my guy Tyrese Samuel in Seton Hall. I did the play-by-play for Tyrese's final year of high school at Orangeville Prep. And he is a great kid. Like a fantastic young man. I'm so happy to see his success. 12 points last night in the winner over Iona. 5 for 7 field goals. 2 for 4 for 3. But Tyrese, my guy, 0 for 4 from the free throw line. So get that right. As you progress throughout the season, and but uh, regardless, great to see that, and not a not a cozy welcome back to college basketball for Rick Pitino. We talked about Rick in episode one, and that's a story we're going to follow closely throughout the season. So some of the other stories from the weekend mentioned San Francisco upsetting number four Virginia. Their head coach Todd Golden. This guy's thirty five years old. Now obviously this is a name that you're going to start hearing anytime there's a a high major opening. Over the next couple months or throughout the next year or so, Todd Golden with the job. If you can go in and beat Virginia, I mean, this is a pretty good Virginia team. There's definitely some good things on the horizon. So, Golden played for St. Mary's uh, under Randy Bennett, graduated in 2007, I believe. Uh, He was an assistant at Auburn for a little bit, then uh, assistant at San Francisco before this is his first head coaching job. So, Todd Golden from the San Francisco Dons, that's a pretty good name. that's one to watch out for as, uh, you know, any kind of job opening, he's definitely going to be in the mix. St. Louis beating LSU 86-81. Tough start for Will Wade, the former VCU coach. Um, you know, I, he, I talked about it last week. He's definitely on the hot seat. Liberty beats South Carolina, so it's a good start for Liberty. Liberty football, I mean, hey, w- what a time to, to be a Liberty student right now or, or an alumni. I mean, their football team, uh, what are they, 8-1 ranked as a 1-double-A team and now great start. For the basketball team beating South Carolina. And some of the players over you know the first week of the season that have really jumped out at me that I wanted to touch on. Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky. I spoke a lot about Western Kentucky in episode two of the pod, so don't forget to go check that out. And obviously, subscribe to our YouTube channel, check us out on our socials, Undrafted Free Agent. Trying to build that. That's a work in progress. But my Twitter, and I got a couple thousand followers, you can hit me up at Mr. McKee, M R M C K And of course, click subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon, all the all the major streaming plat- platforms where you're listening to us. So Charles Bassey, Western Kentucky, this is a six foot eleven center and already getting huge NBA draft buzz. He he moves extremely well for a man that size. He's built Forgive the reference, but he's built like Len Bias. Uh, he, he's just—he looks like a man amongst boys, and he's got some great guards feeding him the ball. Tavion Hollingsworth, Josh Anderson, spoke about the youngster Davion McKnight, the Mister Basketball out of out of the state of Kentucky last year. So watch out for this guy. He—I I read a little bit about him. I guess he's from Africa and was discovered at one of Masayu Ujiri's basketball without border camps when he was about fourteen. So Masai, he sets up these camps and um, gets you know different coaches and players from the NBA to go over and, and help teach the game of basketball to kids in Africa. And Bassi apparently impressed at one of these camps and then was connected with someone who gets... Uh, kids from africa into the u.s and he played some high school basketball throughout new jersey i believe i just reading a little bit about his high school situation a little bit shifty you know he's got his handler coaching him and then his handler's getting fired and then they're transferring to other schools and uh yeah you know i whatever i don't know too much about it but i do know the kid can play and he was rated as a five-star prospect coming out of high school and you know some people comparing him to a young shaquille o'neal which is shocking because i remember Shaq coming out of high school and his LSU career, and there was a ton more hype, and this is pre-social media, pre-internet, and I still was reading about Shaq in high school and wasn't hearing that much hype about Charles Bassey, but still a five-star player. And I think he's starting to show it. Broke a bone in one of his legs yesterday, or last year, excuse me, and that affected his draft status for this year, but appears very healthy. He looks I mean, he looks fantastic. So keep an eye on Charles Bassey at Western Kentucky moving ahead for the further out the season. And the the one guy that just jumps out at me, I, I wrote an article about it on undraftedfreeagent.com. I put it out yesterday, the day before. I firmly believe, after watching two games this season, that Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga is the best player in college basketball. Uh, Mr. Football in high school, Mr. Basketball in high school—the first guy in the state of the in the history of the state of Minnesota to do that. Not only did this young man have basketball offers from the blue bloods—you know, everyone from Duke, you know, Oregon, USC, Florida—you name the big schools. Obviously, Minnesota, where, where he's from, everyone wanted his signature in basketball, and then as well as football. So this guy had offers in football from Ohio State, Georgia. Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, a a number of places. And I I wrote about this that a little bit surprising that he chose Gonzaga, which is a basketball only school. They haven't had a football team at Gonzaga since 1941. What that says to me is I think Jalen wanted to draw a line in the sand as to, I'm I'm a basketball player. I want to play in the NBA. And that's why I'm going to go to Gonzaga. Because let's just say, for instance, he, he chose to go play for Bill Self at Kansas. You know, he's, he's going to hear a knock on his dorm room just about every morning from Les Miles, the football coach at Kansas, being like, Hey, Jalen, you have any plans this afternoon after basketball practice? And, you know, or if he went to Minnesota, P.J. Fleck knocking on his door. And, and I think, you know, especially if you're a football coach and you got that kind of talented player walking around your campus that, you know, he's walking into the gym down the street and not... Your facilities every morning, you're going to do your best to try and get him out there. So I think the move to Gonzaga for Jalen was him drawing that line in the sand and saying, I'm a basketball player, I'm going to play in the NBA. And let me tell you something, this young man is going to play in the NBA. If he's not a lottery pick uh, next year, I would be shocked. Um, just his athleticism. When you think of two-sport athletes, you know the legend of Jalen Suggs is about to grow this season. Um, and I know this is high price, and trust me, I'm not a young guy. Uh, you know, I'm in my 40s. I have context here, but you know, we're we're talking Bo Jackson level of athlete, Charlie Ward, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner with Florida State in what '93, I believe, and Charlie never played it down in the NFL. It was a first round draft pick of the New York Knicks, and had an excellent NBA career. Deion Sanders. Uh, this is the the type of rarefied here. Kyler Murray. You know, from Oklahoma, first top 10 pick in the in the Major League Baseball draft, excuse me. And this is the kind of athleticism and talent that Jalen Suggs has at Gonzaga. And the Zags have a bunch of ESPN games and CBS games coming up before Christmas. It, it's must-watch. You, you got to check this guy out. He's electric. Uh, he's clever, creative, uh, smooth, all, all in the same sentence. Um, I, I've never... You know, seen a guy with this kind of talent who, who jumped out that early. I think game one against uh, Kansas. This guy puts up 24 points and I think eight rebounds. And this was his first game in college basketball against Kansas. So this is a special young athlete. I think you need to keep an eye on throughout the season. And one of the big stories uh, to pay attention to. Some of the other big stories going on right now. Uh, a lot of the the hype in the offseason – you know, obviously, the, the BLM movement became very significant, especially within basketball world, and there was a shift of athletes talking about how they want to commit to the HBCUs. And I saw a lot of lip service with athletes saying they were going to do it and putting, you know, HBCUs on their top five list, but ultimately committing elsewhere. But the one guy that did, uh, Makur Maker, he did commit to Howard. Makur, a five-star player, but unfortunately. Uh, He's dealing with a groin injury, and his head coach has now said he is out indefinitely. So that, I mean, a little frustrating because, you know, a guy like McCore, he's going to draw eyes to the HBCU games, especially on a national level. And so him out injured, it's indefinite. We don't know. But uh, that's something to, to keep an eye on as the season progresses. So what a great weekend of basketball. Some of the other games I watched this weekend, Oakland. Took on, they took Michigan to OT, but eventually lost 81-71. I caught a little bit about a little bit of that game. Jacksonville State beat South Alabama. My guy Richie Riley. Richie is a guy I've interviewed a number of times over the years. Really support what he's doing and admire what he did at Nichols State in two seasons and then moving over to South Alabama. So hopefully Richie can make some noise this year uh, in the Sun Belt. Rhode Island, you know, beat San Francisco. After San Francisco beats Virginia, Rhode Island follows that up and beats them, James Madison beats Radford, 67-59, so Mike Jones, the Radford head coach, who, he they're off to an 0-3 start, um, which is kind of shocking, because he was one of those guys that his name came up in a lot of coaching searches after he took Radford, which is a relative unknown, uh, to the NCAA tournament in 2018, I believe, and his career trending significantly upward, and now you see Radford off losing to James Madison, who they just fired their coach last year. So, this isn't you know a higher end mid major squad. Hopefully, it's a sign of good things for James Madison, but definitely troubling signs for Radford and Mike Jones uh, as we progress throughout the year. Saturday, Duke beats Coppin State 81 71. Juan Dixon, the head coach at Coppin State, which is in the Baltimore area, Juan, a Maryland Legends, Uh, I interviewed Juan a couple years ago, as soon as he got the Coppin State job, and it's kind of funny, I, I followed Juan's career, you know, as a player at Maryland, when they won the National Championship, what was it, 2000, 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, and then all through his NBA career, he played for the Toronto Raptors, you know, I'm a Toronto guy, watched Juan play in person a number of times, and and with the Portland Trailblazers. So I had a chance to reach out to him. Now, this is, he coaches Coppin State. Normally, it's pretty simple email the coach or, or the, you know, the SID, the sports information director. They get back to you pretty quick, especially at a school like Coppin. Well, I was getting all this uh, hoop, like, yeah, keep in mind, you know, I worked in the music business for twenty years as an agent, so I understand some people make bigger deals out of simple things than other. And you know, the, the Cop and State people were making this a, a really big deal. Me trying to get one on the phone, and it ended up taking weeks. And so finally, we agreed to the date to the interview. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll do a bit more research on him. I didn't realize he's on one of these uh, Housewives of Potomac or Potomac show. Him and his ex-wife or his wife. And I think they thought I was, you know, some sort of celebrity gossip interviewer. So I, I didn't even know that I knew Juan because he played at Maryland and played in the NBA, and now he's coaching Coppin State. Was just trying to get an interview, but um, it was quite a to do. And I ended up having a nice chat with Juan. Uh, and I, I wish, you know, good things for them. It's a good start. Give Duke a good game. One of the teams uh, I spoke about last week, Abilene Christian, now 3-0. They beat Omaha on Saturday, 70-58. Bowling Green, I believe, now 2-1. They beat South Carolina State. They won twice this weekend. So, after losing to Michigan initially, off to a good start. Illinois State beats UMass Lowell, 80-72. UMass Lowell beat San Fran game one. And then a lot of bouncing around. FAU gets their first win of the year, 83-41 over Mobile. Spoke to FAU, Florida Atlantic head coach, Dustin may over the summer play some of that audio over the summer and one other mid-major game i wanted to touch on briefly santa clara 73 57 over nickel state santa clara 3-0 start i spoke to herb sandek the santa clara coach over the summer some great great conversation talked a lot about steve nash and what he means to the history of santa clara's program and there's a bunch of canadians there now i'll play that in in the next couple weeks but yasif ranchic uh, got in the Toronto area. And then one of my guys, Jaden Bediako, I saw he had 11 rebounds in a game. And so the Canadians off to a great start. Miguel, Miguel Tomley, another young man. I called his games up at Orangeville Prep. And then when, uh, where did he go? TRC, I think the other school he transferred to. So these, and Jaden, I called his games at Ridley College. Young men I'm familiar with uh, from my other gig as a play-by-play announcer. So one of the other things over the weekend is Mercer. The Mercer Bears 3-0 under Greg Gary. They beat Georgia State and Georgia Tech, and Georgia, Georgia State beat Georgia Tech, so not a great start for Georgia Tech, but a fantastic start for the Mercer Bears out of Macon, Georgia. Uh, a lot of people familiar with them after their 2014 upset over Duke in the NCAA tournament when Mercer was a 14 seed, Duke was a 3 seed, and they went and beat them. And uh, I spoke to Greg over the summer. Great guy. Greg was an assistant for eight years at, under Matt Painter at Purdue. So a very handsomely paid assistant in the Big Ten. This guy's make some decent dough. And then finally decided that the Mercer job was the right one for him to, to make that leap as a head coach. And I had the chance to speak with Greg just about some of the new signings he has coming in and some of the transfers. So you can take a listen to that audio right now. Greg Gary, Mercer Bears head coach.
1: Yeah, we had a, we had I said there was two transfers that sat out. Uh, one, definitely Alvarez from Fairfield. He transferred, I think, he average about 16, 17 at Fairfield as a freshman. Uh, was really good there. He will have three years to play as a point guard. Uh, extremely fast, tough, uh, exactly what I like in a point guard, uh, to be able to really get by people. We didn't have a lot of guys be able to beat people off the dribble this year, so with him coming in, he can definitely do that and he makes good decisions and a good passer, um, and really good at finishing around the round, very crafty. Uh, and then we had, uh, Felipe Jase sitting out. He's a transfer from South Carolina, about 6'9, uh, 40 plus for three point shooter, uh, tremendous passer. He can play a four, a five. He's very versatile. Uh, he will have two years left. He's very talented. Um, for the end of playing at the semester. Uh, He ended up coming along really well in the last part of the season was my nephew, Um, so he'll have two years left after this year, too. Uh, So with him kind of getting through a whole summer with us, I think that's going to be big. And then we had our our freshman, I thought, did a really good job of, you know, being able to, you know, Kamal Robertson was a point guard who ended up getting all all all-freshman team. He's going to be coming back at us for us on the wing. Uh, So we're going to have some good depth here. And, uh, you know, it'll be a different looking team because of the two guys that that left, you know, logged a lot of minutes for us and did a lot of work, but we've also got some guys coming in I think can do
0: very well. So there's Greg Gary uh, chatting about some of the new signings and transfers coming into Mercer and uh, already off to a great start, 17 and 15 in year one. And... uh, in the SoCon and East Tennessee State was the SoCon champs. 30-win team. They're off to a poor start this year. So definitely Mercer going to be in the mix. Greg, uh, you know, he, he I think he played his college ball at Tulane in the south. Um, but grew up playing high school ball in Indiana and an assistant in Indiana. And I asked him about the differences between, you know, is he a southern guy? Is he consider himself a southern basketball guy or an Indiana guy? And he had a great response. This is what he told me. You know what? I can
1: I can be both, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, been in the South, like you said, enough to know the people and just how you know things operate. Um, I, I enjoy the South. I for sure enjoy the weather. That's for darn sure. You know, but but it was great to be back just to, for the Purdue experience and being in Indiana because hey, Indiana basketball. I mean, that that's the most important thing in that state. Uh, so to be involved in that, to be involved in the Big Ten and back in the Midwest, there, there's not, in my opinion, better league when it comes to fan support, like every place you go, man, it is backed out 15, 16,000 people. And I mean, and, and no matter if it's a snowstorm, like they're coming. Uh, so it was pretty cool to, to get back to that. Cause when I grew up, our high school sat 6,000, the gym was 6,000, sat 6,000. And we we had 4,000 season ticket holders in high school. You know, so it it, it was, and we weren't even the biggest gym in our city. Uh, We had another gym that sat 9,000, and they had about 6,000 season ticket holders. This was in high school, so that's how important back then basketball was in Indiana. Uh, It's just what you did on Friday and Saturday night. So that's one thing I had to kind of get used to as I went south, that they didn't really, it wasn't like that. That's for darn sure, it was more football.
0: So that's Greg Gary, Mercer Bears head coach. Team to watch in the SoCon uh, as we progress throughout the season. Now, one of the other stories I wanted to chat about uh, coming up is UNLV. I'm going to do a podcast special on UNLV. I'm, I'm an old guy, I'm a '90s guy, '80s, '90s guy, and one of the reasons I started loving college basketball is the UNLV teams of, of the late late '80s into the early '90s. Excuse me. You know, Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman. Um, these guys, and I'm going to put together a UNLV special. They're mid-major. Watched them play last night against North Carolina. They had a good first half. North Carolina didn't have a lead, didn't get a lead in that first half until about three minutes left in the first, and then they turned it into a second year. The Car- Carolina looks a lot better than they do last year, but UNLV, a little challenging. So I'm definitely going to get into some UNLV as we move ahead. And uh, one of the big stories to keep an eye on this year, obviously the scheduling you know i I talked about in episode one of the podcast i was going to do game previews on the pod throughout the season zero chance because i don't want to do research on games that don't end up happening and so kudos to whoever the people are that have to switch all these games around i I mentioned earlier today that you know I, i was a music agent for 20 years produced concerts for dozens of grammy winning bands and here in canada juno winners which are the canadian grammys and i've set up Concert tours all across North America and uh, even in the Caribbean. And the nightmare it is when a tour gets canceled or postponed, and some of the being the person responsible for making all that change. I had a tour recently with uh, Joe Budden, was on it. And uh, Joe's got a huge podcast, which is kind of funny because he didn't when I did this story in 2010, 11. So it was Joe Budden, Royce to Five nine, who I was Royce's agent for over 12, 15 years, somewhere in that range. Um, D12, which is Eminem's band, M didn't come. It was all the other guys from D12. So D12, Royce Da 5'9", Joe Budden, and a very well-known Canadian artist named Classified set it all up, 35 dates, and then there's an issue with one of the work permits, and so we have to reschedule all 30-plus dates and move it back six weeks. So now i got to get on the phone with 35 different club promoters and club owners, deliver the bad news to them, they need to cancel all their advertising, all the radio, promo, print, everything, everything, everything. And there's this trickle-down effect. Hotels need to be canceled. Hotels need to be shifted. Flights need to be changed. Work permits need to be changed. Uh, all the travel schedules. So the people who are involved with college basketball and college football this year are getting a hint of a window into what it's like to be uh, a music agent, uh, especially for rappers where concerts get canceled you know every damn day so I feel for those people and it's one of the reasons I got out of that business because the stress of that is a nightmare I always did it and uh, I, I believe it's a really uh, incredible job skill you know people I've been on other job interviews say like, well tell me about a, a time when you had something challenging in your life first of all I was the Wu-Tang Clan's booking agent for over a decade you want to talk about challenging let's start there but then the, the rescheduling of concerts and, and concert tours that are weeks and months on end and and to be able to do that effectively and deliver the message swiftly, promptly because it's bad everyone you're calling that day you're delivering bad news and you gotta get on with it cuz you know you gotta make 30 more calls so uh, tip of the cap to the college basketball schedule schedulers um, as we progress in 2021. So I'm going to wrap up today's pod. Don't forget, of course, check us, check out undraftedfreeagent.com. I got a ton of articles on, on all the college basketball things happening, especially with the folks on mid-major and some of the Canadians. Um, drop me a line on Twitter at Mr. McKee, and we're trying to build the undrafted free agent so- socials. So please drop us a follow, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, keep subscribing to the pod. I'm going to keep delivering them. The beating of my heart.